people have many people have large policies, but usually just operate under the if you have debt, you want to have enough life insurance to cover that. And then income, if you know, if my wife and I, one of us passes away, I want to have enough to replace that income. Mortgages, if you have any mortgages on the docket, you want to have enough to cover that. Hello, hello. My name is Abel Pacheco, and you're listening to the Five Talents Podcast. How to build wealth like the 1%. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast, how to build wealth like the 1%. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I'm the principal of Five Talents Capital. We're a San Antonio, Texas real estate investment firm, and we're actively invested in 1,500 doors of commercial real estate worth $150 million, much of which is right here in San Antonio, Texas, the Alamo City, baby. I'm also a fund manager, a capital allocator, and a servant leader who learned how to invest like the 1%. And on the Five Talents podcast, I enjoy helping others learn and doing the same. So if you're seeking investment strategies to catapult your family wealth and generate passive income, even in today's volatile market, this show is for you. Because each week we're bringing you interviews with PE firms, investment advisors, financial planners, tax strategists, VC funds, and many others who are highly skilled in handling money, good stewards of capital, and individuals who advise the wealthiest 1% on what to do with their money. So each show, we're going to provide you insights and actionable steps that you can implement to become a better investor. You're always going to learn something that you can apply in your own investment journey on the Five Talents Podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. If you're with us here on Facebook, we're recording a podcast interview with David Spellman. We're super excited. And we're just going to share this across a few platforms. So Give us one second where we make sure that all technical stuff is good. And we're excited because David, I've known him for quite a while. He's an amazing, amazing individual. He's helped us personally a lot with some great strategies. So we're excited to have him. And uh, let me just share this to a few groups that I know would want to see it. And then we'll get off to the races. And if you're a listener of our podcast, the Five Talents podcast, you are going to get the you know, official version, probably next week-ish. And uh, we're excited to share with you now. Okay. So I think we're ready, David. So our podcast team, you can start editing now. All right. Hello, hello. Abel Pacheco here again. We're excited to have you back for another show, How to Build Wealth Like the 1%. We brought Mr. David Spellman. David, how's it going, man? It's going great. Thank you so much. I'm honored for the invite. I'm honored to share the knowledge that has come through and, and just really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man, we're, we're pumped. We're excited. We've known you for you know a few years now and kind of letting the cat out of the bag. One of our strategists, when somebody asked me, who do I go to? Who do I talk to? And I'm like, yes, well, sir. you definitely need to reach out to David Spellman. So hopefully you don't get too busy that you forget about us. But, you know, David's been an integral part of our company and business and working, you know, literally as a financial advisor, tax planning, some, you know, helping with the mindset from Money Comp Concepts Capital Group and really helping us with the strategy part of tax savings, asset protection and wealth building. So along those three lines, you know, we're going to learn a little bit from David, but before we dig in, man, I, David, in your own words, tell us, you know, who you are, what you do, 
you know, on how we help people so we can, we get a good basis under us. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Again, David Spellman. I'm a registered investment advisor with a broker dealer and an investment advisory firm called Money Concepts. And we range from products like insurance, uh, fee-based portfolios, and then just straight up fee-based wealth management. And that is my main job. And then my side job where I meet many, many clients is work with Ed Guerrero at Guerrero CPA. That's GuerreroCPA.com here in San Antonio. Very, very famous tax strategy guy where basically we learned from him tax law for the blue collar or the, you know, the lunch pail Americans. And so all of that knowledge for the last six years, I'm able to, you know, absorb that. And then when I meet people on the planning side, whether they're just coming in hot for a quick retirement plan to lower taxes, or they're having an inheritance or some sort of problem solving deal, I'm able to help them. So that's my day job. I hail from Minnesota, my wife and I of 25 years or will be in September. You know, we moved down here in Texas 2013. We lived all over San Diego, grew up in, in Minnesota. I lived in Michigan a little bit, playing some college ball, different things like that. But in, in the end, I've found that I've mostly served others in trade for a pretty decent lifestyle. And I wake up every day just wondering who's next, next up, next man up, next gal up, whatever it is. I'm here to serve and and work with people like you, Abel, and obviously Guerrero, Ed Guerrero, and that's what I do. We could go into many, many more things of you know what we do, but just that's the high level right there. Yeah, man, that's a great one. I, I like the mindset of the registered investment advisor and you know fiduciary serving as a good steward for you know people, their wealth and their capital and. You know, obviously you have a lot of people come to you, right? You know, some people trying to create it and tr- some people trying to preserve it, right? So yeah, that's uh, right. we're excited to, to learn a little bit more. So, okay, so let's break this down. At the basics, you've been doing this for a number of years. What is a registered investment advisor? What is an RIA? I've, we heard that Those, the letters, you know, turned out quite a bit. So describe that a little bit. So specifically, when you get into the industry, the first step is typically to get your life and health so you can serve people on that level. Then the next level is some FINRA exams to either it's series six or series seven. Those are just like, and I shouldn't say just, but those are commission type licenses where you open a brokerage account and then, you know, you put people in a mutual fund and you receive a commission. Mm-hmm. Well, a little while ago, they came out with what's called an RIA, which is series 65 or series 66 kind of depends on your path. But at that point, you are licensed and you're, you know, become a fiduciary where people can come to you and pay for you, pay for a plan, you build a plan, you don't bring any assets over, and you're basically a holistic wealth coach. Mm-hmm. And, and that series 65 is basically you're just trying to look at the entire project and then help them point out what they might be missing. So that's it's a series 65 specifically, you, you pass a, an advisory law exam. And it hits a doozy, Abel, I'm telling you. It took me a few tries. There's a mix of tax in there and all sorts of different things in there. But I got it done and it was a big moment for me and my practice. Uh, But that's pretty much what it is. You you can have people that aren't with a broker dealer, like a Mm -hmm. Series 6 or 7, that can have, let's say, a life and health and a Series 65. And they are just basically a standalone service. But myself, my path is Money Concepts as a sponsor for my brokerage, my series six, 63, 
65 in the life and health. And that's home for me because they protect me on the backside. A lot of compliance. I send an email out that doesn't say the right things. They're they're on me before FINRA is on me, right? So that's what a Series 65 is. Essentially, you passed an advisory law exam of 150, 144 questions. Understood. Look at that. Look at that. So you're. I have a feeling a lot of us are learning right now as we're talking. And and the main goal of of our show is right is to educate people. You know how to build wealth like the one percent. And you know you don't. What's amazing to me when I first learned this, it's David and somebody like him spent a lot of time, effort, and energy learning, educating themselves, putting together the best plan, a holistic you know wealth plan, right? a series of licenses that are, you know, regulated and how to pass those courses. You said, you heard him as it wasn't easy. I didn't, it wasn't easy to get it done. And those that cycles, what somebody like myself, a layman can do, not a registered investment advisory individual, but it's like, man, I can leverage expertise, education for somebody like David. And he's looking out for me because he's a fiduciary, right? And so that's what I want to open your minds up to is that you don't, not necessarily you have to be series licensed. You don't have to get those series licensed. You just have to have somebody in your corner watching out for you that's done that work. And the word fiduciary. So let's let's break into that a little bit because somebody could say, well, here's a commissioned salesperson. He's going to sell me some financial instruments. But there's the word fiduciary it means something a little different. So David, maybe tell us yes, what, what the heck is a fiduciary? What does that mean? So up until I got the 65, I was not technically a fiduciary. But once I crossed that threshold, then you're in the realm of a lawyer or CPA where I'm personally liable for any advice I give, well, and my company to on a personal level or a business, Uh, whether it's financial, you know, just generally speaking, there's a target on my back and it just holds me liable to do the right thing, which is why did it have to get to this point? And why is there the latest regulation that's out is called Reg BI. So now when we go to write up, you know, put somebody in an account, every time, 100% of the time, we have to lay out the regulation. Why is this whole thing in the best interest of the client? Okay, well, how did we arrive to that? Somewhere along the line, the wrong insurance agent or the wrong people stepped in front of us or came before us and did the wrong thing. Yeah. Perhaps that's why we have it. And I don't mind it because when I do the reg BI for people and I'm really laying in that mindset of fiduciary, I really have to double check my recommendations, triple check. It'd be like, okay, the age, you know, all the risk and everything. I mean, really have to stop and pause and be like, okay, this is big time. And this is their, you know, this is a very important time in their life. They're, whether it's 5,000 or 500,000, it's still very, very important. And so I would say that's more, more or less the, you know, the best interest of the client is what a fiduciary is. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, when you ask, these are good terms to ask, well, are you a fiduciary? And someone says, well, I serve as a fiduciary. Are you licensed? (laughs) And do you have something over your head that says, hey, yes, I'm a legal fiduciary. And so, you know, this is a good question. I'm not saying every salesperson is bad. By any means, I was a sales guy for a lot of years, right? I tried to serve my clients, whoever they may be, the best possible way. But ultimately, I was getting commissioned and that type of thing. So it's as a fiduciary, it's, you know, David's like, no, this is what he's bound to, not only morally, ethically, but also you know, legally. So right. that's, that's exactly good to know, right. man. 
And just further, furthermore on that, you know, just to back up when you're making recommendations, it, it really, to me, basically, I believe everybody has a financial plan in their mind, you know, especially with married couples, they'll have two plans that merge. So I don't believe that people like me should come in and just build a plan from scratch and you got to do this and you got to do that. You got to take what they're giving you, yeah. step back and say, look, you know, you might want to think about this or, you know, you're pretty much wrong here. Sometimes you got to say that and then, you know, be able to plug in all the tools that are available out there. Got it. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Well, let's, you know, I think that's a great discussion, right? Let's take this as a jumping point because, okay. you know, let's say we have listeners and audience, somebody that's trying to create wealth. Okay. Leave for those of you that already have wealth, hang tight. I'm going to ask David a few questions towards the end, but you know, somebody's just trying to learn for the first time, like, how do I even start this process? You mentioned starting with your goals. If you're, you know, a husband and wife, spouse, you know, you've got two different sets of goals and you're trying to bring that to the table, but maybe just take us through some quick exercise. Like, where do I even begin? How does this even start? Yeah. I think the most common, like we were kind of talking before we got on is probably growing up or just everyone you meet, not everyone, but many people we meet, they have a W-2 job. They have an option to get into a 401k or something at work. So it's really basically sitting down with that budget and realizing if you start putting into that 401k, you're going to live without a certain percentage. You're going to define a contribution into that bucket. And it's, and the bucket is meant, you know, outside of self-directed 401ks and all that fun stuff. 401k is just meant for old time. When you turn old, when you're old person and you got social security income, you want to have a 401k income next to it. So that's the way I lay it out. Like this is not, you're going to live without money now so you can have it later and you're not living with the kids. So that is like the one direction. You look at the budget. How much can I live without? Is it 2%, 3%? And is there a match at the work, at your work? So that's right there. And then we pivot into asset protection, make sure that they have enough life insurance to, you know, to cover all their bills. We, we call it dime, you know, debt, income, mortgage, and education. No one technically has that. I mean, people have many people have large policies, but usually just operate under the, if you have debt, you want to have enough life insurance to cover that. And then income, if, you know, if my wife and I, one of us passes away, I want to have enough to replace that income. Mortgages, if you have any mortgages on the docket, you want to have enough to cover that. And then if you have little, little ones running around and you want to cover their education later, those four things add up to the right amount for that. So those are the first areas I talk to people about you know, planning. And then, you know, we don't get into legacy planning, especially at that early stage. And a lot of the people I meet are, you know, just starting a business. And then that's where we really can shine, where we can look at if they're realtors, for instance, they come in and they've never ran a business before. They need to learn how to go from sole proprietor to having an LLC. We show them all the ways to save taxes there. And that's probably our first go-to is try to find a way to save on taxes, Yeah, flip that into the wealth. And then if there's extra money, discretionary money, we want to find a way to get that to grow on a compound level. Okay. Well, good. Let's pause right here because this is awesome. If you haven't, you know, if you're not really taking notes, let me summarize a couple of things that I heard David say, and then you go back, get pen and piece of paper, take some notes, right? You're starting with your goals and you're really trying to figure out, hey, what do I want to end life like? You know, what do I want life to be? 
at the end. And as you're doing so, you've got to figure that out. I think David said budget. You're living off of 100% of your income. You're going paycheck to paycheck. You're never going to have any money to invest. You've got to figure out how to lean some back and live off 90, 80, 70%, whatever match you can, you know, whatever amount you can afford to do, whether that's 50%, you know, it would be amazing. You've got to learn how to invest it, put it together. And he's just like saying basics of so 401k, what com- what match does the company have? They have 3%, they have matching, man, let's max that out. And as he's steering people towards that, I heard the next part, what I heard was, I like dime. I really did like dime. Income, I've got to make X amount. I've got to be able to make my mortgage and pay for education. If something happens to me, I'm a husband and wife, husband and my, I got three kids. Then I want them to live a certain lifestyle whether when I'm gone. So I've got to be able to Absolutely. budget enough to pay for some type of life insurance to kind of help me with that. And that's a great basic start, right? So before you move to that next part, legacy planning and asset protection, it's like, well, I got to create some. You've got to create more income. So you have to work actively. You've got to trade time for money and got to make some more so you can live off less and invest more. So I like all that part, David. But the part that I paused you at was the entrepreneur, right? The business owner. When you really shine is what I heard you say. So this is, I think, and we're working together, David. This is where a lot of our investors come in today. You know, investors are looking for real estate investments, syndication. They're trying to invest in real estate, great tax benefits, good returns without doing any of the work. And they've created a good amount of income actively, but now they're trying to figure out how do I create an extra income stream or how do I save on taxes so that I can invest more? So let me turn it back over to you, right? When you have that normal, you know, that, that next stage in someone's life, what kind of questions are they asking you and what kind of response, what kind of questions are you going back and forth with? Like, help us just go to this mindset a little bit. What's the difference now that I've got a little bit of means, now that I've got a okay. business, what do I do? So yeah, then we're throwing on the tax planner, tax strategy hat, you know, the knowledge that Mr. Guerrero has shared with us all. And, you know, basically you're taking a look at last year and then you're looking at the current year, if they're a business owner, if they're still W-2, maybe it's a mixed bag. And then we just, okay, if you don't do anything, here's how much is going to Uncle Sam, you know, and then with the strategies and the solutions I've seen, maybe it's multifamily, maybe they came to me from Ed, they're saying, Ed's saying, show them what their taxes would look like if they were to simply just invest in, you know, 50,000 in a multifamily. Okay, I can do that. I know the calculations, um, you know, we can estimate it with proprietary software. Boom, option one, you know, if you do this. Okay, option two, if you go back to the 401k, if you match the companies, what they're giving you, you're, because a lot of people will just forego a 401k. They just simply, you know, they'll just say the hell with it. But what I've learned from Ed is you've got to pinch every corner, everywhere you can. So then you've got the multifamily, you got the 401k. Now they're feeling good. They've read about real estate investing. They've read about 401k. Okay, now you got a little momentum. Maybe the next year they their business is growing a little bit. And they, you know, maybe the wife is over doing a 401k and and the husband has got a successful business or vice versa. The business owner now opens up a retirement account. So all of a sudden you've got three income reducing strategies going. And so that's also three investment buckets they're building and assets and things that they can hang their hat on for later times. 
So it really comes down to, you know, capturing their attention for 20, 30 minutes and beyond 50, it's over. You're, you know, you'd be lucky to get that going. And so at the end of that, you show them the different options and then you can show them, okay, you've, we've gone through three options and you've got a $5,000 tax savings. Let's multiply that by 10. Now that's $50,000 you, you know, retained in your family to, you know, would have otherwise, if you didn't have this conversation. Why am I multiplying it by 10? Why? Because you want to show them the power of doing something for 10 years. For 10 years. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Discipline. It's it's one one year, five grand. What's the difference? But man, you're going to do this now or 10 years time. Here's what could it build up to. Right. And you see the power of that. And the more they put in and then the 401k and the company retirement, you know, all those things, you know, begin to add up and you start to sway, you know, we're still kind of talking from ground zero to medium wealth, right? Yeah. And that's how it's done. And, but, you know, kind of going back to my first initial meeting with people, I lay out assets, liabilities, and then asset protection, make sure you like a life insurance and then goals. And then as I work with them, I don't necessarily believe in waiting for goals or, you know, waiting for a long time to do the things. I make sure I talk to them about doing those experiences periodically. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast with me, your host, Abel Pacheco. And since you're listening to the show right now, I wanted to break for a moment to tell you thank you so much for subscribing and following the show. I also want to give you access to our simple wealth case study for busy professionals that we explain how we invested in $150 million of commercial real estate to generate passive income. So I'm sharing with you how I personally build wealth like the 1% and explaining how you can create passive income in real estate without having to manage it yourself. So do yourself a favor, take a moment now and go to www.5talents.capital. That's the number five talents T-A-L-E-N-T-S dot capital. And you can register, watch our video recorded case study, and we're going to give you access to our investment club as well. If you want to see all of our next moves, every single investment move that we make, future investment opportunities, and even perhaps invest alongside us, go to our website now. We look forward to sharing more. You can register at www.5talents.capital. And we look forward to having you as part of the club. Mm, yeah, no yeah. Should wait. it's not about waiting 20, 30 years and that's right. finally can travel the right. world. They're like, well, right. man, you're going to be 50 or 60. You, sh- you enjoy a little bit from here till yeah. there. Right. And that's why we look at a joint kind of going off track here, but a joint brokerage account for husband and wives that is not earmarked for real estate or 401k or life insurance. Living, it's, living. It's in a bucket that's tied to their bank. It is earning interest. Maybe it's in a bunch of dividends type stocks, but you know, it's money that they've earmarked over there and it's growing and growing and growing. And then they pull out of it. And then each month they're, you know, they're putting in a hundred bucks a month, call it your vacation investment fund, sure. but it's earmarked for those because I'm all about living now, you know? Yeah. 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 I've got those sites on the retirement and all that, but I've always lived my life now. And it's so fun to see like, you know, another sidebar, but Ed this weekend was off in Chicago doing this concert. And I'm like, finally, this guy's 
I know he always vacations, but these are like new things for him. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. So it's very important for me when I meet people to connect with them, find their interests, talk about places they've been to, talk about places they want to go to, and then make sure we make note of that and remind them of that. And then I want to hear about it when you do it. So those are the stages of that medium, you know, zero to medium, you know, wealth building. Yeah. The tax great, savings, man. you know, protect the assets and then build the wealth. I love it. I love it. And those are the basic, you know, some of the building blocks that I've heard. If you're not, you know, wealthy today, these are the basic building blocks. This is the financial literacy that a lot of, you know, us just missed in elementary, middle school, high school, and college, right? Asset, a liability. You're like, man, asset protection. And, you know, what's that, right? So these building blocks, so once you start to create them and you start to amplify them over, one year, five years, 10 years, you can really see the difference of somebody ending up in their lifestyle that they really dreamed about. And then somebody who's actually living it because not only do they dream about it, they put a goal, they set some plans. They were very strategic over all the years and actually implemented and did what you know, smarter people than I you know, told them to. David Spellman said, do this. And as I hear you talk too, David, it's like, I can almost feel you having to say, I have to... Con- not to convince somebody, but to remind them of their own goals. Because a lot of times, like people just miss this stuff. Like, oh yeah, I did want to travel. I did want to have fun. I did want to do that. And saving for the saving sake is so boring, but saving and having a plan and then going to take this vacation that I've always wanted to go, man, that I can get out. I can get into that. Right. Yeah. You can buy into that one pretty easy. Yes, sir. But You know, we just didn't have, I mean, I think it all kind of depends too, where we're come from. I, you know, where we're from in, in the Midwest or Minnesota's people didn't, they just don't, I didn't know a lot of people that made a lot of money, you know, and if they did, it was pretty far and few between. And most of the people were either farmers or they went to the big twin cities to work in the union. I was, I was a big, you know, big union, either with the electrical union or, you know, my dad was a teamster, you know, he's a retired teamster still alive today. But that was the thing. And there was never any discretionary money to do any savings. It was even lucky if you got to go to, you know, South Dakota to see the, you know, Custer's thing and, and the presidents are Mount Rushmore. I mean, yeah. that was the only trip we ever did. And it was a disaster growing yeah. up. But yeah. outside of that, it was everything was local. You had enough things to do, you know, in the area to have fun, ride yep. your bike. And even when I was older, it was just running around that in the rural areas. But so to come over to this side now and to be able to try to just grab people or younger people, you know, and you talk about the 1%, fortunately, working with this particular CPA, we do get a, a magnet, you know, we're like an attraction thing for the 1% younger people. So yeah. I am seeing younger people 33, you know, in their 30s and their, you know, even the early 40s, even the 20s, I've seen some really, really well-off millennials that have built it themselves. I love it. You know, they'll have like five, one, one story, a guy retired from the, well, didn't retire. He just stopped working in the oil field. They made a really good haul. And then he just instantly turned around and bought five rentals. And then he's doing that. And then he all of a sudden starts a trucking company that ties back into the oil field, all because he just paid attention to, I don't even know who. And like Andrew told me a long time ago, you don't give the millennials all that much credit, but yet, you know, when the ones you do see that are in front of you, make sure you, cre- you know, give them credit and admire yeah. them. But generally speaking, we're only seeing a small percentage of the millennials 
here because normal millennials don't need a CPA. They just do their taxes on TurboTax, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, so, there's so many good things here. Let me pause you here because, you know, just to hear this, right? It's if you don't have a lot of wealth, you know, one of the things I heard you say, man, is we found fun things to do, right? No, and no one's saying that is bad, right? If you don't have any, it's like, man, I want to have a good time. We don't need a lot of money to have a good time. That is amazing. Like, we, yes, that's just, it's great hanging out with my four-year-old and my three-year-old and my wife, and we're having a good time, right? Yep. Every once in a while, there's a glimpse that you see. And you said, hey, living in the Midwest, we didn't see that much. The glimpse that I see are people that are just like me, just like our family, just like our you know, they seem like, you know, they came from where we did, they grew up how we did, but they're now multimillionaires. And when I get a glimpse of that, I go, oh, shoot, they're just like me. If I want that, you can go get that. From a Harvard Business Review magazine, that one of the articles about millionaires was less than 9% of the US population is a millionaire. But even though, so 9%, are millionaires. But in 2020 alone, 1.7 new millionaires were created just in 2020 alone. And then there's an older book that's called The Millionaire Next Door. It's a good book. If you haven't read it, 80% of US millionaires is what they say are first generation rich, meaning they were not passed down to them. Nobody gave them anything. We just created it. I like that that saying, right? Is You're not giving credit to all millennials, but the ones who do, man, make sure to give them credit because they're crushing it. So, I mean, that's all amazing, David. Yeah. Let me steer the direction one more time because I also heard you say, this is the majority of people or the mass of people are trying to figure out. Now, the next portion up, you said, once you've got some wealth, there are some other plays that differentiate them from everyone else, right? So what I'd love to hear from you, trends, insights, mindsets, anything you've learned from those wealthiest individuals that you've worked with and that you coach and that you've got planned together, man, what is it that they're doing differently that we need to, you know, we can learn from what's going on over there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we'll, you know, just set the table a little bit. So just picture a wealthy husband and wife company that, you know, they both work within the company. There's no outside. They're not working for anybody else. They're taking a majority of the of the company assets and what to do, what to do. Net income of over a million, right? And that's after expenses. You know, you got gross of X expenses mm-hmm. here and passing through to their personal because it's a S corp is going to be a million and some plus yeah. they're, Oh, by the way, they pay themselves handsomely through their W two. And you add all that up and all of a sudden their beginning income is like 1.2 before adjusted gross and adjusted gross doesn't really save you much. You get about 25 grand off that. So all of a sudden your strategies are limited unless they take action. So luckily they meet Mr. Guerrero, Guerrero CPA, and his team. And I've seen this before. So I'm seeing them come down the pipe because I know if I play my cards right, I'm going to be doing that, you know, doing some business with them. And same funny story with the same business. I approached them years ago about just, you know, wanting to set up a 401k for their company. And they blew me off. Like, you know, like, who are you? Yeah, I'm not working with you. I don't know you. You know, you know, that that was the actual story. And then I I saw them coming through and they needed tax surgery. I built the plan behind the scenes because I know how Ed works with his solutions and then contacted them, got them on Ed's calendar. Ed presents the solutions that, you know, that I've basically built it out. 
based on what he's done before. And their total tax savings, if they do all nine steps, is nine uh, is three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, seven thousand dollars. And what's different about this level of wealth or investors? Number one, they came from nothing. But on the way, I, and I quote, the wife said, "I've always been." An, Ed was like, "Man, you guys are really taking action, like we recommended." And they said, "Well, Ed, I've been an A student my entire life, and I'm not stopping now." <laughs> uh, yeah. job. education and, man it's like and then implementation let's go yep. Why so stop nine now? steps nine steps you got multi-family properties out of the country properties in town so a total of three residentials a big multi-family investment we're taking their 401k and adding this thing called a defined benefit plan to it big investment there and then i, I know you had a, a life insurance guy on before the cash value thing. You can do one for your company where you borrow money and then superpower it with an extra big loan and you get to depreciate or you get to deduct the interest on that loan. So all of these things, nine strategies adds up to the over the $300,000 savings. Man. And so they're willing and we're early enough, it's August and they're willing to, to swing the bat. See, that's the thing. The At that level, they're not afraid to stroke a check. Yep. Yep. That's. I think that's probably the one of the main characteristics at that level is yeah. they're, they, you know, and, and I'm not talking about uh, a truck where you get to finance it because that's yeah. sort of. The, yeah. The, We're not talking the, about a big watch, a lot of, you know, jewelry or, you know, something like we're saying, hey, if you implement this strategy and spend 10, 20, 30 grand, whatever the amount, we're going to save 300K. Let's go. Well, right. I mean, that's that makes perfect sense. Let's go. Right. right. And again, that's kind of like the 1% of business owners you see. Not everybody's to the wow. table and attentive, attentive. You know, a lot of times you're you can see the strategies Ed, the CPA can recommend the strategies, but you're chasing them to the corner corners of the earth to to sign a document to get things going. And same on your campus when you get a referral and you know it's going to help them on many levels for the investment. You know, I mean, they got to basically come to your doorstep with the check sometimes, you know, be very willing to make the move. But I guess that's kind of life too. People are busy and, you know, and sooner or later, it's kind of like one of my mentors says, don't chase them. They'll call you when they write that check in the fall or in the spring. They'll call you. I'm yeah. like, but Ed wants me to get, you know, we need to get them in here to, to get them to lower their taxes. I'm very well programmed to do the chase to help them yeah. lower their taxes. That's yeah. a lot said there, but essentially the, you know, the high level ones, they're A students and you don't have to be an A student, but the mentality, like I'm going to do this right. And then they're also not afraid to write the check and they plan on keeping it going. They don't like, they don't think they're going to stop. They just want to keep keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. You have to rely on some experts. You have to be able to, you know, in that a student analogy, right? I remember students, I was not one of them that could take a book, go read it at the house, go underline, do all the thing and show up for a test and just do amazing. When I had the best grades, I was showing up in class. Yep. I was listening to the lecture. Yep. I was taking notes. I okay. then would go back and try to reread it and say, oh, I remember them. They talked about A, B, and C. And I have a note here that says that. And I don't have a photographic memory. I needed to hear it, write it down, read it, 
and then go back and ask more questions to really make sure I got the comprehension. And Love that's it. when I can show up and take a test and make a good grade. And, I, you know, just hearing there's a lot of business owners, the 1% are the ones that take action because a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to start this business and I'll make a lot of money. Man, I was blessed personally. To, I started our first real business. I started a few when I was a kid, but mowing lawns and stuff like that. My first real business when I was in my teens, I was 20, 18, 19, 20, 21. And we started a business for five years and I earned a lot of money and I took nothing home. Right. I spent all my money. And later I was an employee for another 10 plus years, W2 employee, because I had it in my head that business owners, they do all the work, they have all the hours and they come home with nothing. And that was my first business. And it wasn't until later I started talking with some experts. They're like, no, no, no this is how to do it. I was like, oh, right. thank you, Lord. But you know, just implement it, right? Yep. So you got to put it to work. Gotta yeah, that's right. Work. And so that think you know you're seeing that zero to medium wealth and then medium to you know bigger wealth it, yeah. it, you know I think that's kind of the difference and definitely the medium to bigger is always being a business owner. Yeah. Unfortunately, I just don't see how you're going to make it. I do see some pretty big W2s, you know, but typically it's a unicorn type business like mortgage people and you know when you're working for other people specifically, you know, you've got to have some sort of, you know, like a big law, you know, law firm, but that medium to high wealth is is usually business owners. Real quick, well, a couple of things. If you have a few more minutes, I'll hold you a few more minutes. Yeah, but yeah, I do. okay, before we go, if someone wants to reach out to you, David, like, you know, who do you want to contact you? What type of individual who do, who who should reach out to you, and where should they go? Let's start there first. Well, the people I like to work with are. People that, you know, are willing to save and, you know, willing, if they're business owners, I want to work with you. I, that's my sweet spot. I can help find tax savings. You know, anybody that's working, I can typically find savings and, and leverage those savings and build wealth there. But definitely business owners, that's our strong suit. We do a lot of business valuations and succession planning. Let's say it's a plumbing company, maybe, you know, parents have it and they want to give it to their, you know, transfer it to their kids. We can show them how to do that. So pretty much I won't turn anybody away. It's just uh, I'm in growth mode. So I'll take anybody. I don't know if that, that counts to your question. And then I have, were you thinking like a website, phone number, email? Yeah. What's the best, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Whatever you say, we'll capture in the show notes. And so, okay. that so you can reach me on my office line is 210-988-0600. My email is dspellman at moneyconcepts.com. And then my cell phone for those out there that want to, you know, get a hold of me on the uh, off times is 830-730-8613. And be happy to talk to you. Usually the first 30 minutes is free consultation and we take a look at what we can do for you. All right. That's the man. I love it. Look forward to it. Yeah, I hope whoever reaches out, I hope that you take action. I hope that you implement. I hope that you actually move forward because I think none of this stuff works unless you put it to action, right? You can read about all the strategies, you can learn about all the tactics, but if you don't start to budget, save a little bit and get ready to take a move, then pull the trigger, you know, nothing really happens. So, you know, keep going. I do remember when I was the first time I was working with Ed, I was like, I took a big gulp at my yearly amount. I was like, whoa, that's like five or six X what I normally pay to do taxes, right? And then I was like, he showed me, well, here's how much you're going to save. 
<laughs> I go, right. That sounds good. Let's implement that plan. You spend five or something and you make 12. I was like, no brainer. Let's go. This, that was simple math, right? Simpleton math. Just take uh, what the experts are telling you and then move forward, man. That's great. David. Yeah. I think that's important thing too, is, you know, I, I believe the law of attraction is at present. When I was in Minnesota running businesses, I always thought, man, there's got to be a better way to do your taxes. Besides you're in the, it's in March, you know, you're going to see the tax guy, you're way past the deadline to do anything. And there you are. And you have no idea what the outcome is going to be. And then it's either you pay or you get some money back. And I just thought that was got to be a better way. And lo and behold, all this time later, I find Ed at Puerto doing a Friday afternoon show, lunch show. He's feeding me and educating me. Yeah, tax savings. I said, I didn't have anything to do with me arriving here. This was all the, the good Lord above. Yeah. Thank you. Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord. I love it. Yeah, man. That's great, dude. I, I love it. Just to stay in the vein on that note, right? We're five talents capital. So we're, uh, our company is named after Matthew 25 and the verses 13 through 30, where the parable of five talents double. And I'm like, oh man, that's just trying to figure out how to be a good steward of capital, of the resources that he gives us. And he's talking about money, financial parable, but I'm like, man, there's a lot of good resources that God gives us. I'm in the same vein, man. I just kind of stay within that plan. And he's the ultimate knowledge. Let's, let's see leave. how we can implement, brother. Don't, so I love don't it. Leave. Well, David, thank you very much for your time. Thank uh, you. If I can, last one last you know thing, right? So before you go, I'm sure there are some mindset or thoughts or something maybe that you wanted to share that I didn't ask about, or I should have asked, or something that you were just burning to share with, with everybody. Is there any last nuggets of wisdom, any last insights you can dish out? And, and we'll just we'll try to be good stewards of the information. Excellent. So I would say this, the last time, 2008, we had the recession, was running a construction company in, in the Midwest or Minnesota, and you know, instinctively started to contract, right? Started to sell a couple of things I didn't need. And then all of a sudden I met a guy, I don't know how, what the heck, just started talking to him on the phone through the internet. And he started to talk to me about the universal laws, about abundance, the mindset of lack versus abundance. And now we're what, how many years later, we are in a recession discussion. We could go, we couldn't. And now my mind is much different. And so I would just say in times like this and anytime, you know, you want to think about the abundance that we have everywhere. And then also goes back to the new covenant that, you know, basically we were, you know, it was written, it's written in the good word that we're promised this life, right? So anytime you go to go to lack and fear, it's you're going in the dark side. Yeah. And yeah. then you go to the light and the abundance. That's the good side. It's easier said than done. I love it, man. Thank you for the reminder. It's a hundred percent, right? It's not fear. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. I don't know if you Google how many times it say that in the Bible, I don't you know, hundreds of thousands or something. And it's, you know, the opposite, right? It's, Hey, we want to have that abundance mindset because when you're fearful, you're making moves in the wrong, in the wrong mindset as opposed to abundance, man, the wealth is all around us. Let's go serve. Let's create value for someone else. And as we create value, more value comes back and, you know, the reciprocal laws, right? Start to kick in. So I love it. Thank you, David. Thank you, man. This has been awesome. Really appreciate the opportunity. We'll see you next time. For all those that are uh, learning something today, I want you to go, please like and subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a written review. 
we would really appreciate it. Reach out to David, go, you know, talk to him about what he does and how he serves. He's going to bless. He's going to provide you extra resources and strategies. I know I'm one of them. So just kind of continue doing, you know, making moves. We look forward to having you, how to build wealth like the 1%. I'm Abel Pacheco. David, thank you very much again. Later. Talk to you guys later. See ya. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Five Talents Podcast with myself, your host, Abel Pacheco. We really appreciate you liking, following, subscribing, and leaving all the written reviews for the Five Talents Podcast. Each week, we're going to continue to bring interviews with private equity folks, VCs, advisors, financial planners, strategists, tax strategists, and other stewards of capital, many of which advise the wealthiest 1% on what to do with their money. So we appreciate you joining. Also, if you want to be notified of monthly future events we're hosting or attending, and if you want exclusive access to the same investment opportunities that have largely been reserved for the wealthiest 1%, many of which you've rarely ever heard about, go now to our website, watch our wealth building case study, and register to be added to our investment club. We're going to send you future opportunities, and you'll be able to watch all the moves that we make firsthand. Your investment journey is waiting for you to take the next step. So what is the next step? Go to www.thenumber5talents.capital. That's 5talents.capital and register today. Thank you again. We can't wait to bring you the next show. And thank you for liking and subscribing.